Now, we're looking at Ephesians 6, and this is our concluding uh, study of Ephesians. And uh, the couple things I wanted to uh, remind us of, let me grab that for a moment. First of all, the entire book of Ephesians is uh, centered around Ephesians 5.27, which says it's a glorious church. Can you say glorious church? And so it's, it's uh, you would expect that it would end with that the, the victory of the church at the end time, the victory of the church is that it has the power to overcome sin and the world because it's a victorious and a glorious church of chapter two. Let's get our Bibles. We'll kind of do. Come on. Come on. I know you're tired. I know you had so much turkey. You can't breathe. But I want you to I want you to try to stay with me now. Ephesians two and two says that uh, verse two and two, wherein in past you walked according to the sins of the world, according to the prince of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But it was what brought us out of that? What brought what set us free from the power of sin? Anybody know the power of the spirit? Of course, it's made possible by the blood of Jesus Christ, but it was the power of the spirit. Anybody believe there's power in the spirit? Praise God. And of course, all this applies to chapter six. Everything's really been leading up to this. So we had all this discussion. Verse 20 says that we are the temp- we are the temple of the holy what? You're 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 more. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to be nice. Um, OK, you we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Anybody know that's true? All right. So Paul's been telling us that if we're a member of the glorious church, then that means that we each each one of us have armor from the spirit. We each have been empowered by the spirit. We've each overcome the world by the spirit. That's what it's all about. So we're the temple of the spirit. Chapter four says that therefore we are to have the unity of the spirit. Everybody say unity. All right. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. The unity of the spirit. And that's verse three, verse 13, 10 verses later said that we're to have the unity of the faith, which really you say that's the same thing. No, that's not the same thing. Unity of the spirit is a is a means something specific. When you say the unity of the faith, you're talking about believing the truth. You know, someone said, well, uh, I want to preach at church. I just, I mean, you'd be surprised, folks. I, I, I shouldn't say, Lord, I, I'm not. Okay, I'm going to cover the mic. Well, no, you can't hear me if I do that. Um, I want to preach at your church, Reverend, and I'm, uh, I, bel- I worship Mary and all that. Well, that's so wonderful. I love you. God bless you. But we don't. We're, we're all scheduled up. We're not. If you're worshiping Mary then you shouldn't be standing in this pulpit because we do not worship Mary. We don't worship any God but the God himself. So the unity of the faith means that our faith is unified. Doesn't mean every single thing is exactly. In other words, if you eat raisins in your bread, like Sister French, oh, she's teaching. Oh, I can say anything. Hallelujah. She's teaching the foundations class. Oh, I got a lot of things I want to say here but she won't eat raisins in her bread see this is the thing i've told her now hon that's you eat love raisins oh i love raisins then why can't you eat them in the bread oh they're horrible i said that doesn't that doesn't you know if if you eat raisins 
and they're in the bread, you would love them in the bread. That doesn't that follow? I was trying to help her along. She said, no, you've got it all wrong. Raisins by themselves are wonderful. See? And then she'll come up with the, something like, well, you like strawberries. Do you want it in, on your steak? No. So, so she comes up. She gets it worked out. So it is that the, with the power of God in the life of the believer, we are able to overcome and be the temple that God intends for us to be. And we can not only have the power of the spirit, we can have the unity of the spirit. Someone said, well, how do you come to unity? Well, first of all, you respect authority. If you don't respect authority, you're never going to come to unity of anything. It becomes first through respect of authority and love for the ministry. If you don't love the ministry and every minister is a money grabber and that's all that's on your mind, you will never come to the unity of the spirit, certainly not the faith. You must first come to the unity of the spirit if you're ever going to get to the unity of the faith. All right, so we've been there. And then uh, verse 3, I skipped over it, but I'm going to come back to it. Verse 20 says that we're built upon the foundation of what? The apostles and prophets. So we are built upon the Old Testament, we could say, or the, certainly the ministry of the apostles and the prophets. And, uh, and so it is. And chapter 1 tells us that we are the body of what? Of Christ. We're his body in the world. So what is the church? The church is Christ in the world, empowered to do the work of the Spirit. So that brings us now to our, to our lesson, the armor of God, our final lesson. So the church is a powerful army. Everybody say army. It's an army in the earth that's equipped to overcome all that's necessary, sin, evil. Now, does it mean, that doesn't mean that we're, uh, we have a national guard and we're, uh, we're building uh, armories and so on. No, no, no. It's spiritual. Everybody say spiritual. We have power spiritually. We don't need an armory. We don't need an armory. We don't need a, 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 to elect governors and so forth because the Lord is the king and we're his people. Hallelujah. But guess what? The devil fears the church more than any other force in all the world. He fears the church. In fact, if everybody was going straight to Hades and the church was still around, he would still not be happy. See, his goal is to get the, rid us of the church and rid people's minds of the church. That's what I call the spirit of Antichrist. We're living in, I think personally, you might want to write this down. Pastor French believes that we are living in the age of the Antichrist. The Antichrist is living. He's somewhere. Someone said that to me the other day, well, I think the Antichrist is going to be so-and-so and and, uh, and this, I said, no, I, I don't think so. I, I, I highly doubt that, but but let's, let's keep that in mind because, you know, they were thinking something. And uh, I was very nice to him, but I just said, I, I don't think personally the Antichrist, they, they were naming someone, and I said, <laughs> hallelujah. Um, they thought they'd identified the Antichrist, and uh, I said, well, that's about the 50th person that I've had named to me that is probably the Antichrist. So it can't be all 50. I mean, we don't have 50 Antichrists. But uh, in a world in which end-time events are coming to pass all around us, the church is empowered in this ungodly world. So I think many Christians are troubled by the ungodliness that they see around them. They're troubled by the boldness of sin, and that scares them. Uh, the boldness of evil. Now, uh, someone was talking to me the other day about b uh, bold evil all the way back to the 
you know, thousands of years and how bold they were at uh, uh, Sodom and how, how, uh, how evil people were at certain times. I said, I, I know that. I know there's been evil. Uh, the same evil that now we see embodied in the spirit of the last days has been throughout all time, but there's something unique about it today. And there, this is what it is. The entire world is caught up in the spirit of the last days. I mean, there was a time when men didn't even know there was an America. You know, they discovered America. Anybody knows they discovered America? And I know there were Indians here. What I'm trying to say is that th th what we know today, we didn't know 100 years ago. In fact, 100 years ago, uh, I, I'm going to really shock some of you, but iPhones have only been around for a very short time. I mean, really short time. Now, they instantly became an, a world, there's a world market for it. So that now the owners uh, of Apple are the richest people in the world. We know that. That, of course, is my point. That we are living in a time when things are different than they used to be. You know, a phone used to be a phone. I mean, it was a, it was a phone. But now it's a computer and it's, uh, it's all kinds of things because of modern technology. But I'm here to tell you that no matter what happens in our world, we're equipped to handle what God put us here to handle. Praise the Lord. Anybody thankful today that God has put you in the church? All right, so let's go. Here we go now. Ephesians 6 and 10. Grab your Bibles. We're going to bring it up here uh, in the authorized version. Finally, my brethren. Everyone say finally. So in other words, we're at the end. Be strong in the Lord. Everybody say that. Be strong in the Lord. Now, you can't be strong in the Lord watching television eight hours a day. I'm just going to tell you right now. I, I, there's a place I'm going to tell you where you should put your television. <laughs> that didn't sound right. Uh, let me rephrase. Thank the Lord, Sister French is in. Uh, Brother French, you didn't hear that. Um, I know where that television should be. That sounds less threatening. Uh, rent a helicopter and right out in the middle of the ocean, just drop it right there. Just drop it right down in there. I know that's pollution and I'll probably get in trouble for saying it. But yet we're living in a world where I just read this week that uh, people are watching more and more. You, you want to know why there's an increase, an uptick in people getting drunk and drugs and people uh, just dying to be engrossed in something on the television? It's because they're unhappy. They're looking for something to occupy their entire life and their time. But of course, um, we, need to, we need to let uh, our hearts be strong in the Lord. We need to commit ourselves to the Lord. We need to love the Lord. It's interesting to me that people think they can be just fine with God and spend one hour a week with God and then spend eight hours a day in front of a television or whatever else it may be. So for some people, it's other things. I'm, I'm using that as uh, it's a national pastime, by the way. Uh, for many people, I'm going to say it, Lord, here it comes. I may be stoned, but for many, it's sports. That's what it is. They're so caught up in sports, they don't even have time. They don't have time to worship because their favorite sport is on. 
They're more interested in their sport. Well, I want to tell you, then you're not strong in the Lord if that's more important to you than the house of God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, let's go. I know you're saying, please rush, rush, rush ahead. Now, we're at verse 11. All right, let's look at it. I, that's tough. I put this on here. I borrowed this picture, and I know no one likes any of the pictures. Folks, There are no good pictures. All right? I've tried everything. I've tried ancient history. I've tried modern. Uh, so this is about as good as it's going to get. All right, so we're using this borrowed piece of art. But notice that in this picture, if you, I, I'm going to see if you can see it because it's there, but it's really faint. And even the words, I borrowed it because the words were on it, and they're hard to see. Uh, oh, wait. No, we got to go back. I'm sorry. Oh, did we skip one? You can't see it. Okay, see, I didn't do that. The devil did that. No, no, that's, uh, that's borrowed. I borrowed that, and I thought, I can see it looking right at it, but you cannot see it there. So you have to grab your Bibles because you're not going to be able to see it reflected on there. What you do see is that we've given you up at the top uh, uh of course, I've given you the English for armor. I mean, I've given, yeah, I've given you the English pronunciation of the Greek word for armor. So, but if you look below it, there's the Greek, panoplia. So we, you might hear people saying the panoply, which is an English word, which means the whole array of something. That's why it's called the full armor. A panoply means there's, a, there's the whole, everything all in one glance there. And so in this case, six things. That, and Brother Finch preached on this a few nights ago. It was a great message about not, there not being any armor on the back. And he had a whole message that was excellent. But, uh, but the armor of God, six things that we're going to look at. Now, notice that so it's a little tough. Uh, oh, 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 my laser is gone. We're using the, I know you're disappointed. Um, how can I teach without a laser? Okay, um, so uh, from here, you can't see it at all. Look at his helmet. See the little stars that I put there? I put that there. See the little stars? Kind of like, see his knee? See his, uh, to the right at his knee, and, and then at his waist, and then over at his hand. Uh, and, oh, I skipped one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. There is one next to the shield, but it's, you can't see it. Um, but if you, like when I get closer, I can see all the words. But can anybody just look at his helmet and see what it says on his helmet? Can you see that? Can you see that? Yeah, it says what? Salvation. Salva okay. All right. Uh, can I borrow your glass? No, I'm just kidding. Um, salvation. It says salvation. And each of the, each of the panoply or uh, pieces of armor have the name on them we're going to come back to it i'm only mentioning it because i want to uh introduce it with verse 11 put on the whole arm everybody look at your bibles because you can't find it up you're not going to see it i'm sorry about that could have easily fixed that but i i can see it just fine in, in on the computer but you can't see it behind me all right let's read it together put on the whole armor of god that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. All right. So the church, each individual in the church, 
uh, is to exercise these elements, these six elements of spiritual, I'm going to call it spiritual warfare. I'll, I'll come back to that in a moment. And so let's, uh, now we're ready for the one we had gone to. See, I can even see it back there. But this one, the way it lights up here, it's not, it doesn't work. Uh, and I know that. I, I just uh, didn't think. All right. Now, we're looking at the purpose of the armor of God. Now, of course, it's not armor at all. We're, it's simply a, a symbol to say it's armor. It's not actual armor. Now, if you want to think of it as armor, the Bible says it's the armor of God, meaning symbolically, just like a soldier would wear armor and like a shield, Someone said, well, which armor? And, and like this guy, this is not the armor of a, 20, uh, of, a, of a first century Roman soldier. But it didn't say that it was a Roman soldier. So my point is, you, you've got to be careful thinking that there's some direct analogy between uh, the, what the armor is and what the spiritual reality is, all right? And so there are two major purposes, and then we'll come back to a third, basically. But the first purpose is the availability of God's power. Be strong in the Lord and in what? The power of his might. So if you need, and, and of course you do, the power of God, then you must put on the armor of God. The purpose of the armor is for you to have power with God. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. And the church needs power like never before. You know that God can protect you? Do you know that God can fight your battles? But he doesn't do it in you chewing gum and caring less. He doesn't come along and just fight everybody's battles. Okay, well, anyway, that's, you know that. All right, so the availability of God's power. Number two, we're going to read verse 11 and 13 again. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be what? Able to stand. In other words, to be strong, to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, verse 13, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now, I've got news for you, friend. That is talking about the end time. Now, that doesn't mean only the end time needs this. But it means that this, everything that leads up to the end time, every evil in this world, you can resist it. Because the word withstand means to be able to resist. Now, when people bow down to evil, they're not resisting. And when they say, the, oh, it doesn't matter, you would be shocked at the people. The world, some Hollywood star says, well, it doesn't matter if you, you can marry anybody you want. Nobody tell nobody tell you who you can marry. And God can't tell you anything. And they believe it. Hollywood said it, they believe it. Some favorite star said it, they believe it. But you need to believe God and you need to believe his word. And of course, there's no power in disobeying God and running from his word. So in order to be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. Now let's go to the next slide. Here we go. And for we wrestle not. Can you see that one? Is it? That's kind of tiny. And, and, and don't get shocked. That's all that is, is one verse, one, two, three, four, five. One verse, five times. One, two, three, four, five. Five times. And I really did that for myself, and then I left it in the... Uh, so in other words, the NIV, the New American, uh, and then the ESVC down here, and then the New Living at the bottom. So, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that's King James. And then, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. 
So the NIV calls it the rulers against the, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Uh, is there anything else down there? Uh, well, they're all interesting. That's why I was looking at them. Uh, against the, look at the ESV. Against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. See, that's interesting because ESV is, is strict about the way it translates. Many are not, but ESV is. Against the authorities. See, I just find it amazing. Against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Isn't that amazing that the church has power over the evil that is emanating from uh, a, a, a heavenly realm of demonic forces. The church has power over all of that. Can you say praise the Lord? And of course, the point is that we every day we face Hollywood tries every day to make people believe it doesn't matter. There's no such thing. You know, they've got their own little agenda, which is to get rich and, and to live like he, heathens hedonistically every single day. Tell you don't don't obey your parents. Don't, don't, your parents don't matter. It doesn't matter what anybody tells you. Man, you need to be your own man. Smoke it and suck it down your lungs. <laughs> I thought surely that would wake you up. All right. So if there's an invisible battle. For we, all right, let's go to the next one because we're, we're hurrying along here. Uh, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now what you see in the red there is the Greek, uh, pale. And, of course, I gave you the English. I've been trying to do that more and more. So pale means to, uh, struggle. It's not, we're, not, we're not soldiers that get on the floor and wrestle like, like the sport of wrestling. That's not the point. It means to struggle. And this struggle is not just a battle where you're shooting. Of course, they would have known nothing about this. But shooting bombs across somewhere. But it is hand-to-hand. So pale uh, I could give you English examples, but you, you don't care. What I'm trying to say is that when it says we wrestle, it means that every saint of God is involved. They're using their own hands. They're using their own hearts and lives. I want to be what he wants me to be. That's their prayer. And they're trusting God. Amen. And so it's important. So every notice at the bottom, every saint of God is a soldier in the church's final battle in this lost, fallen, and sinful world world we are in the struggle it is our struggle if we give up uh, i was reading just last week about a soldier that abandoned i'm not trying to get political here it's not got a thing to do with politics it was a soldier that abandoned his post and men died because he abandoned his post and they court-martialed him i guess last week or whatever and I don't know his name. I'm not trying to uh, bring up a historic moment. I'm simply saying that when you are not on, uh, on guard, if you're not doing what you were called to do, well, just think about, um, let, let's say your children were in danger. Would you abandon your post? Anybody here, would you abandon what you need to do to make sure that your children are safe? I, no, you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. And so a soldier is uh, is committed to his 
calling. He's called, and we're the church is an army, and we are committed to that calling. Does it make it easy? Does it mean, you know, hey, folks, this, this, we're living, by the way, America is the richest nation in the world. There's no question about it. It is the richest nation in the history of the world. I've been doing a little of my own thinking through what it means for America to be throwing God out the window and they have all these riches. What is God going to do to America? What's going to happen to America? Because they forsake God. Exactly what happened to every nation that forsook God. You don't forsake God. Now, church, you listen to me. I love America. I want America to do well. But putting your faith in politics is the wrong thing to do. Politics is not the answer. Politics could not be the answer. Will never be the answer. Never was the answer. I didn't say don't vote. I didn't say have causes. Fine with me. But do not put your confidence. Well, you shouldn't be putting your confidence in man. Or me or anybody. You should be putting your confidence in God. Trusting God. Hallelujah. We're in a battle. We've been called. We're the church. Put on the whole armor of God. Let's lift our hands and ask God to help us to stay strong. Father, help us to stand strong in these last days. Help us to be a part. Lord, let us love God, worship God. Lord, praise God. Thank you for every blessing. Lord, I want to praise you. Somebody tells me I can't praise God. I'm going to praise God anyway. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Not, not unusual for people to say, Reverend, you all are way too emotional to me. And I, just the other day, someone said, and I said, well, y'all are really way too dead for me. I don't normally say that, but, but I did. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just felt like he needed to hear that. He felt strong enough to say that I was way too emotional for him. And I wanted to say, well, of course, I'm not worshiping for you. But I didn't say that. I was very nice. Mostly very nice. And I said, and uh, you are way too dead for me. I could never worship God that way. I couldn't do it. Well, what's wrong with what's wrong with what? Well, I, I don't know. I thought you wanted to compare. You said I'm way too emotional. Well, you are. You're very emotional. I know. So we're now we're comparing. Now, what about you being dead? How does that compare to my being emotional? Do, why do you prefer that over? I mean, what about on the day? So we started getting into the Bible. Well, now you're going to get into the Bible. I said, yeah, on the day of Pentecost, they were carrying on. They were like a bunch of drunk folks. What would you say if all of a sudden the spirit came and everybody started acting like that? Oh, well, I'd, I'd run out of there. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're way too dead for me. I'd rather be at Pentecost than in, here, in that stuff. I, and so I'm not condemning you. I'm not telling, hey, you're going to make your own choices. But I, folks, we need to stop letting people run us away from what we know is right. We need to love God in spite of it all. Oh, Jesus, help us. I've so much flooding my mind. Okay, let, check the time and that'll get it out of my mind. Okay. All right, let's go to the next one, shall we? Uh, so look, look at 2 Corinthians. For though we walk in the flesh, that in other words, though we're human beings, just human beings, we do not war in the flesh. This is 2 Corinthians 10. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. See, I've, I've helped you translate that. They're not fleshly, but they are mighty. Everybody say mighty. The, the weapons of our warfare are mighty. Hallelujah. Praise God. Someone said so-and-so is sick unto death. We have a God that can heal. We know a God that shed his blood for our salvation. Someone said so-and-so's completely strung out and, and, and going to kill themselves. But we serve a God that's able to break the chains of bondage. Praise God. Our weapons are not fleshly. All right, now let's go back to our, uh, our original text. We got, a, we got time. Uh, now verse 14 remember we're ending Ephesians stand therefore having now notice that this is the new King James I rarely quote the new King James I, I I'm quoting it because I want to no particular reason all right Stand therefore, I just want you to understand I'm reading the New King James, not the authorized. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Everyone say peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Now you notice that I put the word above all the words i mean and move them over onto the shield because when you say above all that's a uh, that's one way to translate it you're saying this is the most important thing faith is the center of all that we're talking about yeah we're talking about a helmet and, and shoes and so on but the central thing is the shield above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I really have to race and I'm very sorry. So the six are the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the, we'll call it the belt of truth. Most everyone calls it that. The belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we could say either one because the sword of the spirit is the word of God, which tells me the spirit is not a separate God from God. How many of those are just one God? The son is not a separate God from God. The son is God. Jesus said, I and my father are one. They're one. The sword of the spirit is God's sword. It's his word. It's God's word. And then I'm going to call it the boots of the gospel. Now, most people say shoes, but that just doesn't seem right. So we're going to go with boots, although there's no word in the text to tell us whether it's boots or uh, timber. Uh, what are those timber things called? My wife got me. Sister French, where are you? Uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll call them boots. Uh, and I think when I think of a soldier, I think of the boots. So we'll, we'll call them boots. Um, and so it is. That's the new King James. Let's go to the next one. And, and David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? So it was, I'm going to use David as an example. Let's look at his, let's look at David here. David said to Saul, let's go to the next one. Let no man's heart fail him because of Goliath. Thy servant will go and fight this Philistine. 
So in other words, he was willing. These are what we'll call lessons. So notice in the blue, I can't point to it, but you can hopefully you can find it in there. Verse 33, Saul said to David, thou art not able to go for thou art but a youth. But he uh, he resisted the doubters. They said, you're too young. But he resisted the doubters. Folks, what I'm trying, I'm going to have to skip this because I've got to get to the last verse. But the idea that anybody could keep you from being uh, full armored in the gospel uh well, you're a goner. If, if somebody can tell you how to live other than God, you're in trouble. You need to say, yes, Lord, I surrender to you. So David gave us several. There, we'll skip that because I don't have time. Now look at Psalm 121, the next slide. The Lord will protect you from all evil. Everyone say that with me. The Lord will protect you from all evil. One more time. The Lord will protect you from all evil. That's what it says. Now, I know that's the New American Standard I, I rarely use that one. It's my least favorite. But, uh, but it is interesting, and, I'm, and I've used it here. The Lord will protect you, and, and there's more there, but we're going to skip and go further. So it is that this, it's critical that the church uh, let the Spirit work in their, in the, on their behalf. Now let's go to Isaiah 54, 17, which is maybe way more familiar. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Let's lift our hands and thank God for that. Father, right now, I thank you because you're more powerful than any weapon. Lord, even death itself is not an end because we have an eternal life. Father, we thank you because no sickness, no trouble, no fear, no concern is greater than our God. And we magnify your name and we give you praise. And so he's given us his word. Let's go to the next one. I'm going to skip it as well, but I'm waiting to see it pop up. All right. So the sword of the spirit, everyone say the sword of the spirit. All right, now we're going to the next one, and we're, let's skip these two, okay, because there we are. Now we're at the final one, and we're looking at the, oops, I have one, uh, one minute. Uh, I've, tra- I've retranslated. I have a degree in Greek, so I, I can do that. I translate, by the way. I work for translators, so listen. So that's what we've given you in the thing at the bottom. I could have done different, but I didn't, so we got to live with this. All right, here's the translation I've given you. Continually pray. It's a black box. It's a little tough to see. Pray in the spirit in every prayer and special time of supplication and to the same end, pay close attention to and be persistent in prayer for all the saints. It is critical that the church intercede in prayer and find itself in the diversity of prayer. In other words, prayer is multifaceted. There's supplication. There's praying in the spirit, praying every day, special times of supplication. Everything that you can do in prayer and uh, every time you breathe. See, the devil wants you to think, unless you're just screaming on the floor and, and can barely move it, you're not really praying. Every breath you pray in prayer is a, an attack on the enemy because you have given yourself to prayer for all the saints.